gentlemen, welcome back to the Being Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, telling you all like I always do, gents, thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing here. If you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what we're all about. We're here to help you as a man live on mission in marriage, coming from one man that is trying to live on mission in his own marriage. I hadn't got it all figured out, but I've learned a few things along the way, and I want to share those things with you to the best of my ability and by the grace of God. So if you've been with us before, welcome. If you're new, welcome. We're glad you're here. Glad you're tuning in. What an interesting time to be alive right now. Uh, If you uh, are tuning in because of past episodes or someone shared this with you, I I, I promise uh, we do talk about husband stuff here. We don't just talk about the new world order and and things like that. Uh, But sometimes we have to touch on these things because if we're going to take our roles as husbands seriously, and that is to protect and provide and and be the, the, the pastor or the priest of our home, Uh, We have to take all of those facets seriously, both the protection and the provision and the priest. And today we're probably going to be focusing more on the priest angle to some extent. And if you read the title of the episode or if you saw my story on Instagram, you might be a little triggered. You say, Jonathan, man, I don't like you using that word sucker. (laughs) That's not a that's not a Christian word, you know. And so you might want to take away my Christian scorecard, and then that's okay. You can you can do that. I, I I believe Christ saves, and and I, and I plead the blood of Jesus because He knows where my my heart and my mindset is at, and He knows that it is not against Him or against you for that matter, but it is for Him and it is for you. So I use that title from I use titles like that from time to time. Just try to reel you in. Try to get you a little focus get you a little stirred up so today's episode is titled don't be a sucker (laughs) or should i say be good but don't be a sucker and so where does that come from where are you getting this kind of energy to say something like that jonathan well it comes from a passage uh, located in matthew chapter 10 verse 16 and this is jesus talking to the 12 so i'll give you a second to kind of turn there Sound like somebody's pastor, don't I? <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm saying it's, it's Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. And it just says this. It says, behold, it says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So I'm going to read it one more time. Behold. This is Jesus again talking to the 12. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And so you read that and you're like, well, that's weird. Why would Jesus want me to be as wise as a serpent? And let me let me backtrack here just a little bit. Two things I want to share before we get into this. I want to give you some backstory on how I even got here. First thing that got me here was a conversation I had about this very verse with a friend of mine. And he and I were talking back and forth and we were trying to just sort it out. He asked me, you said, why would God, why would God want us to be like serpent? Isn't the serpent bad? Isn't it considered evil in the Old Testament? Because we know that Eve was tempted by the serpent. And so I didn't answer the question at first. At first, I was just kind of going back and forth, asking him questions, you know, trying to get him to understand um, for himself, 
without just spoon feeding him, you know, what I've gathered from the scriptures. And um, after a while, I was getting tired. I was ready to go to bed. So I said, hey, look, I'm going to go to bed because I go I go on and on about this stuff. But the basic principle is, is that the serpent was cunning. He was crafty among all the creatures in the in the garden. And so his craftiness and his cunning were the thing that he used to tempt Eve into deviating from what Adam had told her, which is what God had told Adam, which was don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so his craftiness and his quote unquote wisdom were the things that were used against Eve to tempt her to do something that she knew she wasn't supposed to be doing. So craftiness and cunning and, and, and knowing evil, knowing how to do evil, knowing what evil's potential could be. And so when Jesus says here, be as wise as serpent, but as gentle as doves, we can infer just from the Old Testament that we are to be cunning. We are to be gentle. We are to be kind. We are to be uh, aiming toward godly things. But we need to understand evil. We need to understand craftiness. We need to be wise and understand that the world is not Disneyland that the world is not a place full of innocent people that don't want to do us any harm no the world the heart the world has hearts individuals have hearts and what does scripture say about hearts it says the heart above all things is desperately what wicked it's wicked it's messed up it's got sin involved in it it's it's it seeks its own it seeks its own at the expense of what God has said for it to do and it to perform. And so why am I having this conversation with you? Right? Why are we talking about this? Because right now, gentlemen, in the midst of 2020, I see a lot of good Christian men and a lot of good Christian women for that matter, but I'm talking to you. This is a podcast for you. I see a lot of good Christian men, myself included from time to time, that are being suckered every day. Every day, whether it's something that they see on TV or something that a talking uh, presidential elect or presidential head has to say, something that some scientist somewhere says or something that, you know, the the expert in virology of such and such, Sean Hopkins and whatever, so and so, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I see a lot of people being suckered by what they hear and they're not taking time. We are being suckered. And they're not and we're not taking time to sit with evidence, to sit with truth, to sit with God and ask him, Lord, will you make it plain to me? Will you will you make the truth of all the fraud, all the all the lies and all the deception, all the corruption, everything that's going on in our world that seeks to make us think that there is no such thing as truth? Will you make it plain to me, Lord? Will you make it plain to me, Lord, what's going on? But many of us are just accepting what we see on the TV. Many of us are just accepting what we hear from our friends. Many of us are just accepting what it is we think we know and we think we can trust the so-called experts and leaders of our country. Right? Isn't that what we're doing? Because here's the reality of the situation. Let me make something really clear. 
It's going to get y'all mad. But it's okay. It should not be anybody in your household that is able to sway both you and your wife's opinion above yourself. Can't say amen, y'all to say ouch. If you're taking your role as protector, provider, and priest seriously, the buck stops with you. Now, you can take in that information and you can evaluate it yourself. You can evaluate it in prayer. You can evaluate it and you might lean in the direction of what the talking heads on TV or social media are telling you. But, but the responsibility to convey truth to your wife and to discuss truth and find out what truth is needs to be initiated by you from collecting all the information necessary to live as citizens of the United States and to live as godly members of the citizen of the citizenry of the United States. That's on you to complete. That's on us to complete in our marriages. But what are we doing? What are many of us doing? We get our little talking points. We go and we have our little political conversations and we go have our vaccine or anti-vaccine conversations and, and we've got our side and they've got their side and she's got her side and I've got my side and, and all right, let's cut on the tube. Let's see what's going on on TV. And, and, and what's more insidious, I think, about this, <clears throat> in the midst of all this, we're doing those things not as a form of decompressing not as a form of even relaxation but as a form of escape and there's a difference there's a difference our homes are meant to be a haven from a dark and cold world for sure but they're meant not for us to stay in they're meant for us to recover from what the dark, cruel world is doing out there and then go back into that world and take the light of Jesus Christ. It is not a place to hide. It's not a place to cower in fear. It is not a place to play games with each other as though nothing is going on outside in the world. There is and there are things that are going on outside of the world and real issues that we face today. Real things that have to be discussed, real things that have to be contended with. And so if we're going to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves, that means we have to confront the things that are kind of serpenty. <laughs> The things that are kind of serpent like the evil things. We have to look at those things in the eye for what they are and call them what they are and understand what they are. And so I want to give you two ironclad principles. It's real simple, real simple. I'm not going to go too deep in any of this. OK, but. Two ironclad principles that I want to share with you on how to not be a sucker, how to be good, but not be a sucker. Number one ironclad principle on how to be good and not be a sucker is know your sin. Don't be afraid of it. 
Know your sin and don't be afraid of it. Jonathan, what does that have to do with the rest of the world? Let me tell you something. If your heart is desperately wicked, right, apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ, if your heart is desperately wicked, doesn't that same thing apply to your neighbor? Doesn't that same thing apply to the leaders of this country? Doesn't that same thing apply to the experts that you hear on TV? Doesn't that same thing apply to your representatives? Doesn't that same thing apply to your boss? Doesn't that same thing apply to your wife? That our hearts, apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ, are desperately wicked. And even even in the grace of being saved by Jesus Christ, we still wrestle with this thing every day. And so if you can accept the fact that your heart is desperately wicked and you can ask the Lord in repentance, help me, help me get past all this, help me to see my own sin, help me to see my own shortcomings, help me to see my own faults, Lord. You will be doing what Christ asked you to do. When Christ said How can you possibly take out the speck in your neighbor's eye when you have a log, a plank in your own? Gentlemen, you can't remove or fix anything out there, anything with your wife, until you've adequately addressed the plank in your own eye. Remove the plank from your own eye. Remove the plank from your own eye, and then you can accurately assess the speck in your neighbor's eye. Know your sin. Know your sin. Don't be afraid of it. I see a lot of people, and this is, this, I love I love my Christian brothers. I love them. I love all of you, every last one of you that's here. But one thing I can tell you is different. I've been around non-Christians in a men's group context, context, and I've been around Christians in a men's group context. And let me tell you the fundamental difference. In a men's conference for Christian men, there is a lot of posturing. There's a lot of who's more Christian than who. There's a lot of who's holier than thou. There's a lot of how many times do you pray before you go to bed? How many times, how early do you wake up for your devotion? How many times do you go out and feed the poor? There's a lot of posturing going on. But when I go to men's conferences of people that aren't saved, there is a contrition. I'm not saying that they've got it right in regards to their walk. I'm saying there is a genuine contrition and an openness to want to be made new in some way. Now, they may end up deviating into some things that I I don't believe are going to help their issue. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a genuine contrition there. And I think it's because those men know their sin very, very well. They know the demons that they deal with. They know the evil that's in their heart. And they're looking for answers to help deal with that. Can I talk to you real quick, Christian man? Why aren't we that shrewd? Why do we, why when people ask us how we're doing, we want to say blessed and highly favored immediately. Why is it that we can't be honest about the fact that, hey, you know what, dude, I got a problem. I got a porn problem bad. 
bad. And I think it comes from this need for external validation and the need for a woman to, to, to validate my existence on a sexual level, which stems from a bad relationship that I had with my mom. Right. This is a conversation I've had with somebody. You understand that? Somebody that wasn't a Christian. <laughs> you hear me? He he just confessed a sin to me and he's not even a Christian yet. So I sent him some books and some book suggestions, I should say, and and and, and we'll see how that shakes out. But the point that I'm trying to get at, gentlemen, is that so many of us are afraid of our sin that when someone asks us how we're doing, we say blessed and highly favored and we hide the stuff, all the stuff, the, the, the porn, the, the lust, the greed, the pride. We, we hide all that. We hide all that. But when you know your sin, when you get to know your sin, you can actually confess it and get deliverance. And then once you can get deliverance from that, get healed from that, you can go help your neighbor with the speck in his eye because you know, you've seen pride. You've seen lust. You've seen greed. You've seen arrogance. You've seen anxiety. You've seen all the things that are plaguing our society today, all the sins that are plaguing our society today. And you can offer some genuine assistance. You can say, hey, I was dealing with the same thing. Here's what Jesus showed me. Here's what Christ showed me in my life. And you can say that with conviction and not a programmed script. Second ironclad rule for being good and not being a sucker. It's the last one. It's a zinger. Don't judge the external. Judge the fruit. Don't judge the external. Judge the fruit. And this comes from. This comes from Matthew 7 verses 15. And I'm going to read through 20. OK, Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Here it goes. It says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. I want to say something. I want to make something very clear. I'm not going to miss any words here. Okay. Many of us are judging our leaders today by what they look like, by the positions that they hold, by the letters behind their name, by the places that they've been. And we're looking at those individuals as though they are gods and can never be incorrect about anything. Now, in this particular context in scripture, we're talking about false prophets. OK, we're talking about people that say that they're speaking on behalf of God that are not speaking on behalf of God and are, in fact, speaking on behalf of themselves to enrich themselves and the like. The point of this verse is not about uh, uh, political leaders necessarily. But the same thing can be applied when it comes to any form of leadership. How do I know that? John 1, 
John 1, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And it reads like this. Let me switch to the ESV. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. My inflections was off. <laughs> Let me read that again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know that the spirit is of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, you read that, and again, you're still thinking in context of pastors, or in ministers, I should say. But the reality of the situation is many of these individuals that are acting as leaders, making decisions on every one of our behalves, may not be pastors of a church, but they are pastoring something, right? They are leading something. They are leading some people. And the reality of the situation is we cannot judge people on the externals alone. Now, I'm not saying externals don't matter, right? They matter to a degree, but they're not held up to the same esteem as the fruit that that person bears. And you say, Jonathan, okay, what's fruit? What, what, what's the fruit? Well, go back to Matthew 7. What is the fruit? It says, can a healthy tree bear bad fruit? Or a diseased tree bear good fruit. Here's the reality of the situation. If you've got a person in your life that has had four or five marriages or have nine or ten broken relationships, can you go to that person for relationship advice? Probably not. They don't bear good fruit. Can you go to a person that tells you really good advice or it sounds good financial advice, really good financial advice, but... They're broke. They're broke. Does that person bear the fruit necessary to make their opinion valid? No. And you say, well, Jonathan, how am I going to know that? Testing. You have to examine. See, this put, see, here's the thing. Here's the reality of the situation. Jesus is putting the ball back in the disciples' courts here. You understand? He's not saying, I'm going to tell you everybody that's going to be. See, look, there's a devil guy right there. There's a false prophet over there. There's the Antichrist over there. Bing, bing. He's not going to give you the names and the specificity. He says that the Antichrist is a spirit. And it is a spirit that denies the deity of Jesus Christ in the flesh. And it is a spirit that bears bad fruit. Bad fruit means 
and look, let me let me say this too. Let me clear this up. Just because your your guy's giving you bad financial advice doesn't mean that he's antichrist. So don't hear me say that. But what I'm saying is, I just want to put that caveat in there. What I'm saying is, just because someone looks like an expert, just because someone talks like an expert, just because someone fact checks you. You need to do your due diligence as a man and as a leader of a household to ensure that you are making a decision based on your evaluation and prayerful seeking wisdom on any matter that comes up because you have wolves out there. You have people whose hearts have not been redeemed that are out there. And here's the reality of the situation. There's no, well, you know, he doesn't necessarily believe like I believe, so I'm sure he's fine. No, no, no. Let me, I just want to make something real super clear. If you've got a person in power telling you to do something and you're not sure whether that person has Christ in his heart or not, you need to be very critically evaluating what it is they're telling you to do with your body. Okay? Your body and what you do with it are acts of worship. Understand that. Understand that. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood that. What you do in your body matters. What you do with your person matters. What you do with your soul matters. And so if someone is telling you in a leadership position to do something that is against the will of God, that will bear bad fruit, and you can see the bad fruit in their own lives after you've evaluated them, you need to not do that thing. You need to not listen to that person on this particular matter. I'm going to just get really super clear about this. Just because someone stands on TV and tells you that you need to do this thing to your body, that you need to take this vaccine and they're going to try to make it mandatory that it does that. Us as Christians, we really we need to really have a debate about this. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you take a vaccine, that you are not following God's will, that you are being sinful, that you're being rebellious. None of that is what I'm saying. What I am saying is that allowing the state, allowing government bodies to impose on us a thing that we should do with our own bodies our own bodies is a problematic precedent. It is a problematic precedent and it needs for us to be involved in heavy discussion so that we don't become suckers because we have to understand again, gentlemen, there are people out there that have the same evil in their hearts that you and I have, but they have a lot of money and a lot of power at their disposal. You understand? They've got the same pride. They've got the same lust. They've got the same greed, but they have an ability 
to act on those in a way that you and I don't. And if you know that about your own heart, then you can also be able to spot that in the world. And what I'm saying to you is, as a follower of Christ, as a husband, you have a responsibility to be a watchman of your household. Christ said to his 12, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. This this goes beyond just the vaccination conversation. This goes into the conversation about, you know, whether or not we're going to allow a government to forcibly make us. Or should I say forcibly enforce (laughs) our children wanting to change their sexes? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a thing that's happening right now. That's a thing that's being talked about, a thing that's wanting to be pushed. The Equality Act, look it up. And so that's 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 the situation that we're in right now. And I just know, I just know that if we aren't wise as serpents and gentle as doves, we will become prey to the wolves. We will become prey to the wolves. And so this is a message of caution. This is a message of warning. This is a message of just be careful. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just pay attention. I know it's hard times. I know it's a lot going on right now. But you got to keep your head on a swivel, Slick. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Because just as soon as you take your eye off the ball, Boom. Right at you. Right at you. Stay focused. Stay alert. Be strong. Act like men. I hope this episode was helpful in some meaningful way. I hope that it is something you guys take of value. I hope that it's something you can share with a friend. I'd like for you to do that. So if you do me a favor, share that with a friend. That's all that I ask you to do. Or if you can't do that, leave us a rating and review. I also appreciate that. Or if you if you just you just need to do a little extra, <laughs> the spirit has moved you in such a way. Consider donating to us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash being husband podcast or pod. I can't remember. Patreon.com slash being husband podcast. I hope you guys will join me there. I want to thank Octave Studios again for another intro outro. Fantastic job they do over there at Octave Studios. My buddy Reed Mounts. Shout out to the boy. Shout out to um, all of you guys that have donated to us on Patreon. I really, gosh, I appreciate you so much. And any of you guys that have reached out to me in the DMs, uh, reached out to me on email, I appreciate you guys. And I will get back to you guys as soon as I possibly can. If you guys got any questions about this episode or future episodes coming up, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to see how we could just talk. And if you guys are interested, too, in um, maybe getting a community group going online some kind of way, I don't know if we create a Facebook page. I think we've got a Facebook page, but I'm not active on it. Um, Anyway, if you guys want to see more of that, want to have more conversations intercommunally, that'd be great. That'd be solid. Let me know, and I will get that ball rolling. Until then, gentlemen, take care. Build on.